0: Hello, and welcome to the Teaching Ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God you know i want to go back toward the the latter part of it and i want to pick up some things from last week when we talked about about seasons because i think it it, it holds true here and uh so we're just going to uh we're just going to just get started and see where it would go here from here, okay? Uh, you know, it's funny because sometimes I, you know, I get all these get all this thing these things printed out, and of course, as soon as I print it out, then I've got half a dozen things to add to it. So there's a lot of handwritten stuff in the middle of all this typed out stuff, and uh, so we, you know, hopefully I will be able to decipher what I wrote. <laughs> but anyway, what is the word faithful all about anyway? Well, there's several different different definitions you can you can have for faithful. And thorough in performance of one's duty, that's faithful. True to one's word, another definition of faithful. Steady in allegiance or affection, stable, permanent, reliable, trusted, loyal, unswerving allegiance. There's a lot of good definitions for faithfulness. But I tell you what, if we did a word association right this minute, and I said the word faithful, you should immediately think God. You know, we, we talk about people who are faithful, but I tell you what, there is nobody faithful like God is faithful. Because men are not always going to be faithful. Men are not always going to be Trusted, steady, reliable, true, loyal. But you can count on God. He will be those things and more. And so we think the word faithful, we should automatically go, God. And our next thought should be, I want to be just like him. And it's possible to be like him. You know, as the word comes on, in on the inside, you know, it says over in John, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Well, that's, that's what happens. If we let his word abide in us and then we abide in him, we become more and more like him every single day. And if there's any characteristic I think that God places a value on, it is faithfulness. I was, I was listening to some things today and reading some things, and, and I just thought, there is, there is so much you could say about faithfulness. But you have to start with God. Because if you're ever going to get anywhere, spiritually speaking, when the, most, the, the most fundamental thing to understand in your walk of faith is the faithfulness of God. Because without an understanding that, without having a real realization and an understanding of how faithful God is, you have nothing really to base your faith on. You really don't. If you can't trust him and understand how faithful and how good he is, he's good in all his ways. We sang that tonight. He, why is he good in all his ways? Because he's a faithful God. That's why he's good in all his ways. And until we understand just how faithful he is, we will never walk the kind of faith walk that we really are intended to experience in this life. Because we won't need it when we get to heaven. We'll see him face to face. There really won't be anything to believe him for anymore because we'll have it all. But down here, honey, it's a different story. There are all kinds of things to have to believe God for. There are all kinds of things to have to trust him for. There are all kinds of things for us to have to rely on him for. There are all kinds of things that we need to know to know that God's faithfulness and his steadiness and his unswerving character is directed toward me. And we start with knowing how faithful he was and is and will always be. Uh, You know... Sometimes we 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 just you know we we talk about it, but we don't really see the depth of what it means for God to be faithful. So we're just gonna we're gonna go through a few things here in John one one. It says, "In the beginning was the Word." Listen, the beginning of be, the beginning is not Genesis one. We have no concept of what the beginning actually was. It goes back. In man's way of determining time, eons. But God doesn't live in a realm of time. So where was the beginning? I have no clue. I don't know. Nobody really knows. And we won't understand what that beginning was until we get to heaven. And we may not even understand it then. How can God ever explain how it was in the beginning? What beginning was it? But in the beginning was God. He created this world. Genesis 1, he spoke, it happened. Listen, if we we just understood faith on that level, he spoke, it happened. Well, God doesn't talk like that anymore. Yes, he does. Right here. He speaks through these pages right here. He speaks to that man on the inside, that inner man that you have on the inside. He speaks there. And if God speaks something, whether it's through this or whether it's through here, then we just need to know it happens. It happens. You know, faith is believing that those things that do not exist now do exist. we, 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 We have to get to the place where we understand that faith means that once you've prayed... And you've set your face on it. That's it. Done deal. It's happened. We may not see the manifestation of it just yet, but it has happened. God has already, The answer is already there. Everything is in place. God is. God has worked it all out, and the answer is right there. And we just, just, just lean back and enjoy yourself, and just wait. Pastor and Pastor Greg were. We're watching the football game last week. Was that last week? Yeah. And I was down here working, so I didn't know what was going on. I just checked the score every so often. And uh, when it was all said and done, I texted him. and said, boy, that looked like it was a nail-biter. He goes, oh, yeah. He said, but but now that I know what the outcome is, I can watch it without my blood pressure going up. (laughs) Listen, you know what the outcome is if you can trust God. Don't let your blood pressure go up. Just sit back and enjoy the the show. You've got a great view. You can just sit back and watch God work his work. Work his thing. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1. Hallelujah. Pull them out and amplify it here. Right. Let's go to verse um, 3. Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of his, this, of his person and upholds all things by the word of His power. Upholds all things. By the words of his power. Let me see what what this says in here. Hallelujah. Continues to uphold the universe by his mighty word. That's the Williams. He sustains the universe by his almighty word. And the Amplified says upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power and you need a hundred dollars by next week really the 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 father who upholds and maintains and guides and propels the universe by his mighty word of power has a problem with your hundred dollars i don't think so i don't think that's that's a problem at all numbers 23 19 says god is not a man that he should lie. We cannot afford to put God in the same category as any human being. Humanity holds no candle to the faithfulness of God. He's not a man. So he cannot lie. James 1.7 says... Well, let's go. We're, we're close by. Let's uh, just turn over to James 1, 7. 1, 1.7. 1.17, I'm sorry. James one 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The Phillips translation says, never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. Isn't it awesome to know that you can depend on the God who is just No variableness, no inconsistency, no not the slightest variation, not the shadow of inconsistency. Hallelujah. I tell you what, when you understand just how faithful God is, you know, it makes life so much simpler. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Go over there. Deuteronomy 7. These are some, you know, these are maybe some scriptures maybe you need to write down just to refer back to at some point. When the devil's on your shoulder telling you it's not going to happen, telling you there's no way this is going to work, that God doesn't care enough, that God's not mighty enough, that God doesn't think you're good enough, you need to go back to some of these scriptures. And God didn't, his, his faithfulness doesn't rest on how good you are. It doesn't rest on how how good your works are, how many good works you do. He's not interested and doesn't really care, you know, whether you've made a mistake or not. His faithfulness is not determined or affected by any of that. But here in Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Ooh, Ooh, this long term sustainability right there. You know, you, you, get, you get things like vehicles, and all that. They're not meant to last, but the faithfulness of God is a continual thing. He keeps covenant and mercy to a thousand generations. I think that means his faithfulness is going to far outlive me. You know, as long as there's no way I'm going to be on this earth that long. None of my descendants are going to be on the face of this earth that long. He'll be back before all that happens. Hallelujah. First um, Thessalonians 5:24. Hallelujah, I'm just wanting to go through a bunch of these, these scriptures with you and First Thessalonians, five, 24. Maybe we should save this one for later, but we'll, we'll maybe come back and read it again. It says, faithful is he that called you who also will do it. No matter what direction my life takes, no matter what direction the Father gives me in life, he's faithful. He's faithful. He is faithful. And he will do what he said he would do. He'll do it. I like Mark Mark's tonight when he said, shall. Yeah, he shall do it. Um, Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. Hallelujah. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. In the day and times that we're currently living in, there's so much, you know, just swirling around, bad news about this, bad news about that. You know, what's the economy going to do? What is the Congress going to do? Who knows? Um, You know, are they going to get their act together? I don't know. But it says, he will keep us from evil. doesn't matter what the rest of those bozos do. You know, he will keep us. He will sustain us. Hallelujah. Um, Go with me to, um, let's see, Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Hallelujah. Let's start in verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife or dispute, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. That means the unchangeableness. He confirmed it by an oath that these, by these two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Which hope we have, it's kind of hard to find a stopping place, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil, wherewith the forerunner for us, Entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Um, Let me see. You go over here to Hebrews and this. Hallelujah. I'll put a... Let me find out where I wanted to be here. says, when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Norley translation says, since there was no greater name by which he could swear. Another translation says, because there was no greater oath, he made it by himself. Goodspeed says, since there was no one greater for him to make an oath by, he did so by himself. You know, when you can't find anybody any greater than yourself... That's a good place to start. He made a promise to Abraham. And when he made that promise to Abraham, that was as good as done. You know, they didn't see it right then, but he made a promise to Abraham. And let's see, I think it's, uh, did I not write this down? Anyway, it talks about Sarah, how she believed. Oh, that's... um, Let's go over to chapter 11, verse 11. Hallelujah. We, I really wanted to look at verse 6 as well. Uh, let's start there. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? Because he operates in a realm of faith. You know, if you want to get into the realm God's in, you have to get into his realm. And faith helps you, in in fact, it puts you in the realm that God lives in. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now go down to verse 11. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful. Who had promised. She judged him faithful. That's the answer to every person. Who's having a problem. Believing God for something. When we judge him faithful. Then we can just sit back and relax. And just go. You know. However you want to work this out Lord. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just eager to see it happen. I'm just eager to see how you do this. I am expecting wonderful things. I'm expecting the power of God to move through this situation and to take care of everything because I judge you faithful. Listen, if a 90 year old woman can have a baby, that's judging God faithful. I'm telling you. Not that I want to be in that category. I promise you. That ain't going to happen. No, Lord Jesus. <laughs> But, you know, when you go back up to, to verse 6, and it says, but, it's without, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. Here's a thought for you. One of the biggest aspects of a faithful person is someone who is there. Who's always there. Not off somewhere, but it's always there. I... Um, I appreciate what Pastor ministered on, on Sunday morning. All those different ways that God's going to keep us covered in twenty twenty three. But one of the ways he was talking about is that he's always with us. You know, and I'm going to go back and just review some of those those uh those scriptures that he used. Psalm twenty three verse four. Go over there. You 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 need to know that God is always present. Always present. He's always there for you. He doesn't pick, you know, okay, your day is Thursday at 10 o'clock. I will see you and I will meet with you and I'll listen to what you need and and I'll grant your request on on that day, that time. No, he's always there. It doesn't matter what time of day it is or what day of the week it is. Verse 4 of of Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, no evil, for you are with me. You are with me. Psalm 91, if you, you read some of those verses, you'll see that he's there to deliver you, whatever, the, whatever it is. Uh, Hebrews 13.5, the pastor ministered from this, on this verse on Sunday. that he, Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He will never abandon you. Never turn around and just leave you hanging somewhere. Too many people have said, well, I was believing God, I was trusting God, and it didn't happen. He just, it just, you know, he just left me out there. No, he did not. He said he would never leave or forsake you, never abandon you, and he is true to his word. You're in Psalms. Just go with me to Psalm 46. Ah, oh, great verse. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. A present help, not a far off help, not a sometime help, but a very present help. You know, it, it's funny you know we, you know we 're in such a techno age that you know and i and I laugh sometimes because I, I see and I, and I hear you know what happens you know in a room full of people with all of our technology these days you know and and everybody you go into a restaurant and people are sitting at tables and they 've all got their stinking little phones out, and everybody 's got their face in their phone or their watch whatever, and I put on the wrong color watch band. how about that okay uh, that 's a little distraction there um, but people people are in the, in the same room, but they're not present. That is not God. He is in the room, and his attention is on you. When it says he's our present help in time of trouble, that means he is present, he's paying attention, he's aware of you, he's aware of your needs, he's aware of the problems, he's aware of the situation, and he's aware of the answer. He has, got, he has got your back. He is present. He's present in time of trouble. I don't have to look any further than right here to know that my help is present. I don't have to take a roll call. God, are you here? He's always here. If you don't feel like he's here, then you're the one who has a problem. He's always there. He's always on. If you don't feel like, if you don't, if you can't, if you can't touch base with God, if you can't feel his presence, then you need to go get in his presence. You need to, instead of like the the old couple that was sitting in the in the truck, you know, and, and the wife looks at the husband and said, you know, we used to be like those lovebirds over there in that vehicle. And he goes, I didn't move. God has not moved. He will never be the one who moves. We're the ones who find ourselves moving away. But he's always present in time of trouble. Uh, so, You know, that, that verse just speaks to me so much. He's a very present time, present help in time of trouble. Oh, just to know there is no doubt about where he is. There is no doubt about his awareness of me as his child. As the apple of it. You know what the apple of his eye means? His attention, his focus is on you. He's very aware of you. He's right there, ready and waiting for you just to just to just trust him. Just to say, Father, you've got, you've got it. I know you do. I know you do. I can trust you. I will like Sarah, I will judge you faithful. I don't even have to come back and, 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 and do anything really except just judge you faithful and be ready and willing to walk with you through this, this situation that I may be encountering, just to walk with you through this thing. You've got my back. You've got my hand. You know, you, you just, you'll lead me and you'll guide me through this whole thing. Romans 4.21 Hallelujah. Now, some, some people get in the pulpit and they have all these scriptures laid out for you. They can read them all to you, but you need to look at them. A lot of these you just need to, you need to look at for yourself. Romans 4.21, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, that verse can trip some people up when they, well, I know God's able. But listen, if you know he's a present help in time of trouble and you judge him faithful, you know that you move from the able into the he's going to do it. He is doing it right now. You know, the willingness of God is there as well. You know, I grew up in 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 an environment where everybody knew God was able, but they didn't have a clue that he was willing. If he's faithful, you're the apple of his eye and he's able, why would he not do it? Why would he not? The enemy speaks loudly sometimes in our ears and, and tells us all kind of craziness that's just not so. You know, but God is more than able. He is abundantly willing to do everything he said he would do for you. Hallelujah. Romans 4 verse 3, you're right here. For what says the scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The Barclay says, Abraham took God at his word and this act of faith was counted unto him for righteousness. He took God at his word. Why? Because God's faithful. 1 Corinthians 1.9 And the great, great. just starts off with the very fact. God is faithful. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. By whom? A faithful God. That's how you were called. A faithful God called you into fellowship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. The faithful God who as soon as man fouled up, Soon as he missed it, plan was in motion. Because he was he was faithful to the fact that he had created this being. This being was precious to him. He was anticipating generations of people that he could have fellowship with. And now that had been cut off because of man's sin. And yet my faithful God put a plan in motion to retrieve the generations that were his all along. Ooh, he's faithful by whom you're called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Ooh, he is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This has This has been such a stalwart thing for me over the years. So many ways and so many times. There has no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. You're not, you're not special. I'm sorry. Where the devil's concerned, you're not special. He uses the same tactics on everybody. And everybody has the same issues at some point in their lives or not. You know, sometimes you know people want to look at themselves as, well, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Yep, yeah, you, you know, you're not the only one who's ever gone through it. I'm sorry, you're not. You're not the only one who will ever go through it. But no temptation has taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation, the challenge, the situation, will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God is so faithful in so many ways. You know and, I, and I've told this story I think I don't know how many times, but it bears repeating. You know, when I had cancer back in 2000 and gracious I have to stop sometimes and think uh, 2001 and into 2002, 20, 30, 21 years ago. You know, and and I went into and I went into that surgery, a major surgery when it took, you know, 12 inches of my colon is gone, you know, so it was, it was a, it was a big deal. I went into that surgery with a spoken word in my heart that surgery will take care of this. I'm going, okay, you know, so I was, you know, pleasantly surprised, you know, when, uh, by these nurses at the hospital when I went and checked in, I'm just waiting for them to take me back. I'm in the holding area and they come in and go, wow, you're really calm. Your blood pressure is so low. And I'm going, yep. See, that's what happens when you judge God faithful Is is you don't, you don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be tense. You don't have to be upset. But a few days later, my surgeon's sitting in my in in my room saying, "Well, that was cancer." I'm going, no, "That's that's fine. I knew it already. You didn't have to give me a pathology report. I was quite convinced of that already." And he said, "But you have two positive lymph nodes," and I kind of went, But So you're going to have to do some more stuff. So I left the hospital and I came home, went outside. You know, we had a, had a swing on the on the pool deck and went out there, sat in that thing while well, Pastor went to the to the drugstore and. And I said, now, God, I, I distinctly thought you told me surgery would take care of it. And he said, and what makes you think it didn't? And I went, okay, all right. And then he comes back and he reinforces it. Now, Dad Hagen, this was in January of 2002. Dad Hagen was in Miami for two weeks, and, and I was mad that we were going to have to miss all those meetings. You know, I've had surgery. So when I saw my surgeon here just a couple of days, a few days later, and I said, can I go to Miami? He's going, what? And I said, can I go to Miami? And he said, well, if you feel up to it, you've got a comfortable car to, car to, to, to go in, yeah, yeah, I guess you can go to Miami. So I took, we, took my, we took ourselves to Miami. And we didn't get in on very many days, just like three days of the meetings down there. They were at the very end, you know, of the two weeks that he was there by the time we got there. And the very first service we were in, I'm, I'm looking for Dad Hagan. You know, I am looking for Dad Hagan. And I get there, and he goes, well, this service we're going to have Brother Keith Moore come and minister. And I kind of went, oh. I mean, I love Brother Keith. You know, but I was going, "I was way. I came down all the way here for Dad, for Dad Hagan. What did Brother Keith get up and preach on? The faithfulness of God. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. You know, God shows himself faithful in your life in so many ways, and he will come back. He'll tell you something. He'll tell you something again in your spirit, and then he'll reinforce it. You need a little reinforce. He'll reinforce it. And, and, I just, and, I just, and I just laughed after that service going, God, you're just so good. You're just so good. If there was any doubt in my mind that I heard you, that took care of it. That, that took care of everything I needed. You know, it just, you just need to know that he's faithful. And he doesn't give his word casually or lightly. When he says he'll do something, he will do it. He's, he, he's given thought to the whole picture already. And so right here is where I want to go back, and I want to pull a couple of things in. I have eight minutes. I pull a couple of things in from last week. When we were talking about seasons. Listen, you need to trust whatever season you're in. If you're in a, in a season where it's just, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be, great. If you feel like you're, you know, a new season is coming, Great. I said last week, don't try to make it happen. You stay within God's timetable. And if you're wavering in there or something, it's better to be a little late than to be too early because there are things God has provided for in the new season that aren't ready for you if you jump out there too early. But you can make up some time, you know, if you're just a little late. Don't go dragging your feet. You can trust God. If he's moving you into something new, you better be sure of it, but you can trust God. I wrote this down just a few minutes ago while we were standing standing up for, uh, I don't know what, anyway, we were standing up, And, and I wrote this down. I said, don't dread a new season, but have excitement for the new season. If you're in a season and God's not moving you, but you're just, just you're, you're sitting here, just be steady in this new season. Don't be apathetic about where you are. But be determined to get all you can out of the season that you're in. Because whatever season you're in, the faithful God has got some things for you to learn in that season. And if you don't learn it, you can't move. If you don't learn what you're supposed to learn in this season, you will not be equipped to handle a new season. You know, over in the book of Matthew, uh, I think it's Matthew 25, you'll see the account of the, no, Matthew 28, the account of the different servants that the master, when he left the country, he gave 10 talents to one. He gave five talents to another. He gave one talent to the third one. And the, the one with ten, when he came back, you know, had, had got ten more. The one he gave five to, he came back, had gotten five more. The one he came back and gave one to had done nothing with it. Not only did he not receive any reward. See, these other two guys, the, the master looked at him and said, Well done, good and faithful servant. To the third guy who did nothing, Nothing like that was said. In fact, he was in trouble. Whatever season God puts you in, don't look at anybody else's season and think you have to match theirs. We're not in a matching game. This is not a competition. There is no room for um, competitiveness in our spiritual walk. None. None. And so, what God's looking for in every season is that you're fruitful in the season that you're in. Didn't we read that last week? I brought my notes from last week in here. Uh, Hang on. Oh, yeah. Psalm Psalm 1, verse 3. It said, blessed is the man who walks, you know, goes on. And it comes down, it says, who brings forth his fruit in his season. Trust the one who's faithful. Whatever place you find yourself in, don't keep looking back to what was, where, where you think life was better, where you think, you, you know, that, that was where I really needed to be. My mom spent 14 years looking back after my dad died. She never got into a new season. She was a widow now, but she never got into the new place that God had for her. And I know God had something more for her. She never because all she could do was just look back. Now she wouldn't she if she was here, naturally she wouldn't appreciate me saying that. But since she's in heaven and she knows better, now she doesn't care. But too many people spend too much time looking back instead of looking forward. Because forward means you've got to trust God. Forward means you have to rely on the one who is faithful. Looking forward means it's gonna require something of you to move into that place. It's going to require some diligence and some effort and some faithfulness on our part to move into that new place, the places where God has prepared for us. But if we don't get everything out of the season that we're in now, we won't be ready to move into the next. You will be hamstrung in the next when it feels like you've moved out. Sometimes you get kicked into a new season without realizing it, without uh, voluntarily doing it. Sometimes it just it happens. You know, just different kinds of events that happen in our lives, you know, just puts us into a new place. But there's no reason to fear because the faithful one has gone ahead of you. He's gone ahead of you. And he already knows what you need in that new season. But spiritually speaking... Let's just maintain, you know, our lives in such a way that we're we're striving to be more and more like the faithful God that we serve. He has demonstrated his faithfulness in every one of your lives. Well, I haven't always experienced the goodness of God. Well, why is that? Maybe there's a lesson you should have learned in that. Because I'm here to tell you. If you don't learn certain lessons, you are doomed to repeat the lesson. If you don't learn from fail, the only good thing about failure is the learning experience you get out of it. If you don't learn from them, you will never be able to move forward like he intends for you to move. You'll never figure out what you did wrong. You can't lay the blame on God because he's the faithful God. He's the one who is... Steady, reliable, trusted, loyal, and true to his word. So it's not his fault if you didn't enjoy the blessings. Not his fault if you didn't see the goodness. Not in not his fault if you didn't realize how faithful he was and that you could count on it. Not his fault. That that's up to you. And we need to learn those kind of things. Hallelujah. Um, and you know, just talking about those servants—one with the ten, one with the five, one with the one—God knows what you can handle. God knows the, what what you're capable of doing. And don't look at somebody else who's got the ten talents and be envious of them, because if he gave you ten, you would not you would not be successful at all, not at all. If God didn't didn't put that in you. And that's not your place. But whatever season God's got you in, be grateful for that. Don't be sad. You know, I told the story last week about, about how I was cleaning houses and I was just so upset going, how long, God, how long, how long, how long do I have to do this? And he said, it's just a season. Once he said that, I was able to just relax and just go with it. Listen, just relax and go with it. Whether it's to stay steady where you are, whether it's to move into something new, just just relax and go with the flow. Listen to the man on the inside. Listen to what the, what's being spoken in the word. Listen to what's been, what comes from the pulpit. Listen and see how it applies to you in whatever season that you're in. Because God is faithful he will prepare you he will sustain you he will provide for you no matter what the season is just be steady in those places you know and you may you may see something down the road that's not for today maybe not for next week maybe not even for next year don't try to rush it you just be faithful and you wait on god to move you into those places and into those times into those seasons you just remain steady remember that from 11, hebrews 11:6 11, that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that seek him there are blessings waiting for you in every season that God puts you in and there are blessings only attached to certain seasons be ready you want to get more blessed? Just be steady where you're at. Be faithful and consistent where you're at. Learn everything you can learn where you're at. And then be ready to go. When it's time, you'll know. But you're going to, you're going to have to let his words abide in you. And you're going to have to abide in him for that to happen. So, faithful, God. Let's try that again. We have a word association going here. We have a word association thing going here. Faithful. 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 Okay, when you hear that word, you ought to automatically go, God. God. He is the faithful one. Amen.